Welcome to Ex Libris On Air and the stories behind the stories of today's literature and their authors. A presentation of Ex Libris Publishing, host Steve Jorgensen connects with a writer to share the vision and inspiration behind their works. Insightful, informative, and always entertaining, please welcome host Steve Jorgensen and this week's edition of Ex Libris On Air. Hello, I'm Casey Coomer. The book, My Mommy, M.S. and Me, by Stephanie Garcia. Stephanie, hello. How are you today? Hi, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Now, how did you come to okay. write this book? What motivated you? My motivation was that I myself have MS, so I wrote this book to help educate my own children about the disease that I have. And I hope that in the process, I might help others learn and teach their loved ones, or even themselves, about multiple sclerosis in a more fun and less clinical way. Excellent. Who do you feel this book appeals to and why? I feel that it appeals to anyone and everyone who has MS themselves or knows someone who suffers from the disease because it helps educate them and also explain it to others in a, in a less scary, more fun way. What's one thing you want readers to take away from your material? That MS doesn't have to be the end of the world or even be scary. Knowing what it is and how it works and what you can do to help your body fight against it is doable and necessary to live a better life with MS. We all need to become educated and educate others about MS so that we can help those who have it or even just help ourselves not only deal with it, but thrive with it. Are there any scenes or characters you'd like your audience to understand about your book before they read this? Um, I especially love all the characters in my book, from the immune system ninjas to the undercover soldiers, which represents the medication I have to take to fight Emma, and even the superheroes that we become in order to overcome the obstacles of Emma. All of these characters are kind of near and dear to my heart, and they all play an important role in the MS battle that I have to fight each and every day. Now, before we get any further, how can we find your material? You can, I actually have a blog and a website, and on that website, I have information about my book and also future upcoming books. The website is www.creativemind4life.com. And on there, you'll find the blogs and also other resources and information that I have on there. But the MS book that I wrote, My Mommy, MS, and Me, is also on there at a discounted price because I actually wrote the book more for to raise awareness and to pass on information. So I sell it cheaper than they do on other websites. And some of the money that I make on each book, I donate to the MS Society and the Manhattan Chapter to help try to find funds, research, and help find the cure for Emma. Very excellent. How would you introduce this book to a friend in a few sentences? Um, this is a new, interesting, informative book that explains multiple sclerosis to children and adults alike in a less clinical, more playful, entertaining, and fun way. So you can educate yourself and teach children about this complicated disease in a way that won't scare them, but actually 
spike their interest to learn more about the uh, disease. The book, My Mommy, MS, and Me, by Stephanie Garcia. Now, Stephanie, tell me how this book is unlike others with similar topics. What sets it apart from the crowd? Well, when I was trying to educate my own children on multiple sclerosis, everything I found on the market was either too personal, too complicated, or just plain scary. And the lack of resources in educating my children led to the creation of this book. There isn't anything like it in the market because I know because I searched for it and when I couldn't find it, I created it with the help of my kids. When and where do your stories take place? It takes place in the here and now. This story is the story of my life and how we live it, my children and I. Are there three words that best describe your work? Yes. Entertaining... um, exciting and educational. What was one of the most challenging parts about writing your books? So taking such a complicated, sad disease and explaining it in a manner that is more fun and uplifting, motivating, but still realistic. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you feel is important for your audience to know? Um, I just want everyone to know that I wrote this book mostly because I have a personal struggle with it myself and I wanted to educate my children, but I wrote it in hopes that I would be able to open the floor for communication about multiple sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis is a very complicated disease and sometimes we tend to shy away from introducing the information to our children because it's so complicated and because it's so difficult and it is scary, but it's really open to open. It's really important to open the floor for communication with children because they need to know what we're suffering with and they need to understand what we're going through. And sometimes they themselves might have multiple sclerosis and they need to be educated on it. So I'm hoping that my book will help do that. And that's why it's not, it's really generalized. It kind of breaks down what it is, how it works, and how it can affect different individuals. And then it opens up the floor to say, you know, for them to ask questions about, okay, mommy or daddy or, you know, myself, how does this affect me and how is it affecting my life and my body and making it more personal? It seems like you have a lot to say. Do you have any other material in the works? Um, Yes, I'm actually working on two other books, which are working titles. One of them is 10 10 Steps to Overcome MS or adversity, adversary, when adversity won't go away. And then I'm writing another book on tips, tricks, and techniques for parenting with MS or other disabling diseases. Very excellent. And again, please, can you tell me how we can find your material? Um, you can go to my website at www.creativemindsforlife.com, but it's Creative Minds, the number four, life, and then .com. You will have that information there, but you can also find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble online. But that's pretty much it. Okay, cool. You can go on my website and find it. You can also find it on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes & Noble. But I would suggest going to my website because, like I said before, I don't do this for income or the money. I do it so that I can raise awareness. So you can find my book online on my website, 
for half the price that you will in Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Very foot forward. The book, My Mommy, MS and Me by Stephanie Garcia. Stephanie, thank you very much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Ex Libris returns after these short messages. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live la bella vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to Ex Libris with your host, Steve Jorgensen. Greetings for Ex Libris On Air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book is titled Wings of True Love, World War II, B-17 Ball Turret Gunner Memoir, and our author who joins me from Knoxville, Tennessee in the United States is my guest, Kenneth C. Drennan. Thank you, sir, for joining me today. Good to visit with you. Thank you. This is a a book, a memoir of your time in the service in World War II. World War II is a a long time ago for many of my listeners, and yet it's a very important uh, part of American history and world history. And not many people have uh, written personal stories about their experience. When did you decide to share your story? Well, it began about 1989 when I decided to try to contact my 10 crew members, nine besides me, and uh, after we I contract, contacted several of them, that had been about 45 years, some of us decided we would write up our memories, and we began uh, writing uh, our memories, and as time went on, different people started asking me about them, and I just decided to uh, put it in a book form uh, along about uh, 2000 and 2008, I think it was. When I and you you joined you joined the Air Force in what 1944, I think. Is that about the right time? Yeah, I really joined 1943. I was sworn in on December 30, 31st, 1943, and went in on active duty. January the 17th, 1944, and I served to, until uh, November the 6th, 1945. So I was in training uh, when D-Day happened, ah. getting ready to go overseas. And, uh, of course, we were hearing all about D-Day, and we were really anxious to get there and help out. You served and, and also uh, flew, what is it, over 34 missions in, in Europe. Is that uh, also accurate, or did, was there more than that? No, that, that's correct. It was 34 missions in the P-17, over uh, 
bomb over Germany. We did bomb some in uh, in Belgium and uh, in France, where the Germans were, but we considered it uh, flying uh, missions over Germany. How is it that you remember uh, so many details about your time in the Air Force? I know that those memories definitely burn into your 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 intellect and into your mind, but remembering some of the details that you've included, was that something you took from notes or just from a good memory? No, it, I really didn't keep any, any notes. And, uh, no, it was just from memory as time went on and I would talk about it to people that things come back, but some of a lot of the uh, dangerous things that happened just uh, embedded in my, burned in my memory. I they were there. They're still there forever. You share one story about your bombardier and uh, armament officer who was only 22 at the time from New Jersey. His name was Richard D. Adams. And uh, he be- he began, he, he, he was married uh, during that time. And uh, you share something that's interesting uh, as far as uh, our current culture. Tell a little about that, uh, that, uh, that wedding ceremony and what happened. Yes, he was one of the... Uh, four officers on the plane and he did get married just about the time we were finishing our our uh, uh, we called it overseas training or combat training and uh, and we worked we were stationed at McDill Field in Florida and uh, his wife came there for the uh, for the wedding and uh, we all uh, the tenos attended his his wedding and uh, was uh such a for a farm boy like me and 19 years old it was really something that uh, he he was dressed up in his best uniform and we were of course dressed up in ours and we come out of the the little chapel and uh, stood in line and uh, they moved down the line and uh, uh, he he ordered us all to kiss the bride (laughs) and and uh, you didn't have much practice at, at that time, from what, uh, no, what you described no, in your book. No, no, because I, uh, after I stood down at the end of the line, uh-huh. and uh, and once she went by and I kissed her, well, he made a big thing out of it to me. He said, "Ken, you're a, you moved uh, already kissed her, and you moved down the line again." That embarrassed <laughs> me to death. <laughs> well, I hope you I hope you got some additional experience from uh, from that point forward. I I would assume you <laughs> yes. did. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I, I put in the book that I, I, I got the kiss of an officer's wife. <laughs> wow. You have a lot of wonderful and interesting uh, photos in the book. How did you find those, and how were they, how are they assembled to put in your book? Well, most of the photos I, I, had, I had purchased me a little tiny brownie camera that took uh, small pictures, and when you sent them out for development, they were... Uh, but they had a place on the base in England where they could develop them. And, and, but uh, I just I just kept them all. And uh, so when I started writing, I, I would really look back at the books and the, uh, the pictures, and they would remind me of things. And I just thought they were worthwhile to put in the book. And, You've included in your book are the title "Wings of True Love," and "True" is spelled T-R-U without the E. Uh, explain that title, "A True Love." Was that the name that you had given your aircraft, or what was that? That was the name of our.
plane. We we uh, we had the opportunity of uh, of naming our plane, and uh, I don't know who came up with the word, but we all thought it would be good to spell it odd, T R U. Right. And and we've all spelled it that way all of our life, and and it was called True Love, T R U love and one the interesting thing about it was we never did have our name inscribed on our plane hmm. and uh, I think we thought more of it as the name of our crew rather than our plane but uh, as time went on and we flew in the same plane uh, practically all of our missions we just kept the name true love now all of our missions our crew, our ground crew people, inscribed a a bomb for each mission on our plane. So one of my pictures shows all those uh, those missions. But uh, our our name, we didn't think of ourselves as being. Uh, would it be the word heroes, or would it be the word? No, it's. Uh, I'm thinking of the word uh, afraid to do something. And sounds like a little superstition, perhaps. Well, anyway, that's the reason we didn't put our name on the plane and the same way as I was with my cap that I wore on all my my missions I didn't want to change it I didn't want to wash it or ah. or do anything and kind of one of those uh, things that the ball players will wear the same socks and that kind of yeah, thing yeah yeah so in that in that genre now the the stories that you tell are they all I know many of the heroes what I would call them heroes the 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 fighters in World War two have some very sad tales to tell were there besides the kissing incident do you also tell some other fun events that took place during that time yeah I, I've told some of the, especially there when we went on uh, we called it flak leave to uh, uh, to a castle up in, uh, uh, I think it was in Scotland. We had a lot of fun time there. We went to London and had fun time in London. We uh, uh, and we had a local uh, place at Lavingham and Bury St Edmunds, and uh, that uh, we had pubs that we went to, and and uh, a lot of the Englishmen we got to know, and we would play darts with them, and. We had, a, we had a lot of fun stuff like that. In, yeah. ad, in addition to all the missions, I, I see the... Oh, I see all the, the missions, yes, yes, sir. I see the... F- see, we, we didn't fly every day, so... Yes. In fact, in the, in December, when the, our uh, ground forces in the Battle of the Buzz needed us so bad, the weather was so bad that for for several days there that, that we were grounded. Mm. And... Uh, uh, I, I tell about uh, one of my friends called Beverly J. Ramsey Jr. that went to grade school and high school with. He was in the infantry, infantry during the Battle of the Bulge, and he got wounded. But he told me years later that uh, they had been praying and praying that they, we could, we would come and and bomb the Germans to help them out, and he said. About the right, just before Christmas, said when those planes start uh, B seventeen started flying over and drone and drone and drone, just says like mile after mile of them. He said you 
you can't imagine what that did for us. And he said, I knew you were up there in one of them. Well, I see the photo of your Lucky Fatigue hat, uh, the cap that you wore on every mission that's in yeah, your, included yeah. in your book. Why did you write this story, uh, Kenneth? Why did you share your tale? Well, I've thought about that. I just uh, had uh, people keep uh, asking me about my experiences, people I worked with at uh, Tennessee Valley Authority, and then also I wrote it up for their crew, uh, and uh, my family asked me about it, and uh, I got uh, just started... Once I got a computer and uh, with a word processor, I spent a lot of time on it, and I really worked on my on uh, my uh, book for my wife to begin with, and 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 put it together for her and published it, and uh, uh, then from that I decided to go ahead and and just publish mine. And uh, so you both you and your uh, and your spouse are authors, and your your spouse has written a book. What is that titled? Yes, it's uh, He is Real. It's a book of uh, poetry and uh, selected Bible verses to... It's spiritual-type poetry, both uh, both uh, religious, spiritual, and uh, nature spiritual. And uh, she uh, selected Bible verses throughout the King James Version of the Bible and, and illustrated, tried to illustrate her verses... The one unique thing about it is that her her poem will appear on the right-hand page and the uh, verse will be on the left-hand page so when you open up the open up the portrait you see them, see them both and uh, it makes a it's made it a beautiful book as well as a uh, one that's interesting to read I still uh, I get her book down and and read her poetry and her Bible verses. It's just it's uplifting to do it. And mm. you had a great crew, and uh, you had some some bonds with these guys that uh, lasted a lifetime and have lasted a lifetime. Uh, Ken, there must have be maybe one event that stands out in your mind. What would that be? It was the uh, mission of uh, December the twenty fourth, nineteen forty four. When uh, the Eighth Air Force decided to send a flight of 2,000 plus or minus B-17s to various targets over Germany in support of the Battle of the Bulge, and uh, it was on this mission that the German Luftwaffe came up and attacked our group, uh, shot down a third of our 39 planes, hmm. and. Uh, our uh, General Castle, General Frederick A. Castle, who came that day to lead the Air Force and our squad in the 830, in the 487th Bomb Group in the 838 Squadron, he was the lead plane of the 2,000 planes. He was shot down on the first pass of, of the German Luftwaffe, and uh, he sacrificed his life to save his crew. There were some of them that actually survived and he got the Congressional Medal of Honor posthumously to most uh, 487 bomb group airmen that was the most important uh, mission that we we ever flew because of uh, General Castle who was who was with us amazing 127 pages in this book Wings of True Love T R U L O V E 
uh, World War II B-17 Ball Turret Gunner Memoir. Sir, where can my listeners get a copy of your story? I like to refer to kcdrennan.com. Ex Libris has, uh, the publisher has set that up for me as part of my contract with them. And it uh, on that uh, one page, it shows this this book, Wings of True Love, plus it shows my wife's book, He is Real, and a third book that I have written since then are all three shown on on the immediately on the page and it tells from there where you can actually purchase it from ex libris and how to purchase it plus you can go to uh, amazon.com and and barnes and noble yeah look it up under your name your last name for my listeners is spelled d-r-i-n-n-o-n KC Drennan is the uh, is the website. Thank you, sir, for sharing your story and also for your service to the country and to the world. I, I am uh, grateful for your work and for sharing this important story to pass along to the generations. Thank you, sir, for being with us today. Well, thank you for uh, having me. My pleasure. For Ex Libris On Air, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short messages. ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We're saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. Welcome back to Ex Libris with your host, Steve Jorgensen. Greetings for Ex Libris On Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book is titled Pedro and Carlos, written and illustrated by Susie Minus Tate and daughter Jacqueline Christine Renfro. Susie joins me today. Welcome to the program, Susie. Well, thank you, Jay. Pleasure to visit with you. Your very colorful book. You have uh, designed this as your first effort as an author. When and how did you begin getting the itch? to print something or get something into print, get a story out in the public? Well, I've always been an elementary school teacher, and as I was reading to my students and reading to my daughter, children's books have always been one of my favorite things. And and my interest in art also added to uh, my desire to make my own book, and uh, that's how it came about. Carlos and Pedro. Pedro and Carlos actually is the title. Who is Pedro and who is Carlos, and where did these characters come from? Well, the the setting for the book, I got that idea from a scuba diving trip that I took in Cozumel, Mexico. 
and I was so fascinated with all of the the ocean environment and the colors and the in the variety of type of uh, species that that I wanted to take my scenes and use that with the ocean environment. Pedro is an octopus and Carlos is a crab and they actually are predator and prey in mm. in uh, in our world. But yes. I use these two characters as unlikely friendships. They become best friends and even though they are uh, a lot of differences between them and I use that to show how people and other things can become good friends even though we have a lot of differences. Have you uh, used this story or this story line in the past in maybe your teaching environment and then fleshed it out for the book or is this something that's a brand new concept or idea that you came up with? I have used it in the past. The book, uh, to me, I, I did have a lot of things in the book. I do have a lot of things in the book that I feel like are very relevant in the elementary school environment. Um, the themes of the book are based on friendship, true friendships, overcoming your fears, uh, accepting your differences with each other, and respect. I've I feel like there are a lot of deep lessons in the book that, you know, I always uh, thought were important as a teacher. I'm retired now, but I felt like that this is something that even adults can benefit from as far as uh, just realizing that the world is full of variety of type of people and, and you can be friends and you can respect each other. No matter what. What age category would you say your book would appeal to most? Uh, it's 22 pages, so it's not a long read. Uh, is there enough adventure in there to captivate the older children, or how would you describe it? The book is basically appropriate for second through even fifth graders like it. Hmm. Uh, second through fourth, I feel like, is the, the perfect age, but it you know, the younger children, they may not get all the things of the book, but they like the book because of the color and the adventure that's there. Um, the prime prime uh, target would be second through fourth, but I really feel like the older children liked it, too, all the way up. Your illustrations, yeah, your illustrations are just spectacular. They must have taken a long time to complete. What medium did you use, and how long did it take? Well, I actually used acrylics. Uh, one of the things that it, this was kind of a book that I that I started before I was diagnosed with cancer, mm. and I set it aside for a good while, and. After I picked the book back up, it, I went through a second round of cancer treatments, and I took a leave from my teaching responsibilities. And by this time, Jackie was old enough to be my partner. Now, this is what has made the book so special to me, is I was facing a very serious situation with uh, breast cancer that had metastasized, and Instead of this being a, a negative time in our lives, we picked the book back up, and Jackie was seven, mm. 
So the small illustrations in the book are actually hers. Wow. So this became a really fun project for us. Uh, We painted. We watched movies. We worked on the story together. I would read her the story and let her tell me what she thought. Um, And she helped me with the big illustrations. And it just turned into a really great experience. And, of course, I was enjoying getting to work on something I had wanted to finish for a long time, but it made it ten times more special for us to have done that together, and especially during the time that we did it. Spectacular. Again, the illustrations are wonderfully colorful and very bright. They're uh, charming because uh, children love bright colors. Pedro and Carlos, the story what is there about their story? I know you've mentioned the moral of the story, but is there a specific event in the book that's going to captivate the reader? Well, I feel like the um, the action in the book where the two characters, they actually go too far from home against their mother's wishes. I had to throw the mother thing in. <laughs> um, but... Uh, they become, you know, at that point, one of the characters is pretending to be a brave crab, and they end up facing a moray eel, which is something that is very dangerous for an octopus and a crab, mm-hmm. and they're way away from home, and it, to me, the exciting part of the book is how they come together and uh, save each other. It takes both of them to overcome their fears and to use their head, and they come out of the situation alive. And as Pedro, the octopus, goes through this experience, he grows to the point in maturity to where he's not willing to follow, uh, be pushed under peer pressure anymore. He, you know, at the beginning, he didn't want to go to the ship because he knew it was wrong. At the end, he's got enough self-confidence to tell his friend no uh, when he comes up with something else that he wants to do. So I feel like both characters grow and mature through that experience. Good underlying theme. Is there any way that you would describe this book to a grandparent? Maybe get them interested in getting a copy for their grandchild or for their son or daughter. How would you describe Pedro and Carlos as a book? Well, I feel like it's a, uh, it touches on all aspects of our lives, like friendships and facing our fears. Uh, they overcome their fear to save each other. The The characters are very appealing. The story is it moves along excitingly. And I feel like just the, the book itself, I have never seen one child, and I'm not trying to be bragging or anything, but I think all the children that have read our book or had the book read to them have thoroughly enjoyed it. They they go back and they look at the pictures and they really enjoy seeing my daughter's artwork and the the idea that a seven year old can have their own be part of their own book and have their own illustrations in the book has been very popular with the students oh, that's and the a, children. That's a great story. Have you had a chance to read this to a, a larger group of children, or has it all been individuals that have read the book? 
I've actually uh, traveled to around 20 schools uh, reading to, like, every age group that was appropriate in the school and and we've all we just really had a great time and i know that that was such a thrill to me when we first got our book back in print and jackie and i took it to her school and read it to all the elementary classes that were there and she was so proud to have a part in making that book and it, you know, it's so special to me that we did that together. And I was so proud that we did that together. Um, and to see her so happy, and and I really like the book a lot. I think uh-huh. the students do. And it's just a fun book. But deep down, you catch the meanings and the themes that are in the book. It's an excellent, excellent read. There, I would think, possibly be some other adventures Pedro and Carlos might participate in. Anything in the works for the future? Well, I have the ideas, but there's not anything on paper yet. But I do have the ideas. And my daughter is now, she's she's older, but she is actually a lot more involved in in participating and thinking of our next story. You know, in her ideas about what Pedro and Carlos should should find themselves in. So I think it'll be a lot of fun for both of us to do it again. There may be another one in the works. Again, my author guest has been Susie Minus Tate. And uh, this book is Pedro and Carlos, written and illustrated by Susie Minus Tate and her daughter, Jacqueline Christine Renfro. Where can my listeners get a copy of your book, Susie? The book is on Amazon.com. It's also uh, our main publisher. Our publisher is Ex Libris. It, it's available in, available in hardback, soft cover, and ebook. And they can do a search online under your last name, T A I T, first name Susie, S U S I E, middle name M I N U S, and uh, locate the book. If they can't find it at their local bookseller, they can locate it online, and they also can request it from their local bookseller, and they, I'm sure, would be happy to order their own personal copy in uh, at their request. Thank you again for joining me and sharing this exciting tale. Pedro and Carlos, and also the background story of how it got written. Love to talk to you about it, and look forward to visiting with you in the future. Well, thank you so very much. My pleasure. For Ex Libris On Air, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Join Steve Jorgensen next week at the same time as he explores the passion and the inspiration behind the works of today's authors. Right here on Ex Libris On Air.